Hello, I am Bob Bostock. You are listening to Discover DEP, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection's official podcast. Each week, we will provide you with timely information about how DEP protects and preserves New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. Please feel free to add this podcast to your iTunes or RSS feed. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can download Discover DEP and subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. Today we are joined by Olivia Glenn, South Jersey Metro Regional Manager of the New Jersey Conservation Foundation and creator of the O Freedom exhibit and also a former DEP employee. Completed in 2008, this traveling exhibit is a riveting display of blacks on the battlefield and in the aftermath of the American Revolution here in New Jersey. The exhibit contains more than 100 documents, photographs, and artifacts from the period 1774 to 1800. All of these primary sources as well as other documents can be found in this powerful exhibit. It's amazing that so much history can be packed into an exhibit that has and will continue to travel around the state. So Olivia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Bob. Olivia, New Jersey is often referred to as the crossroads of the Revolution. Why? New Jersey's role in the Revolutionary War was crucial and pivotal. New Jersey is positioned between the then New Nation's capital in Philadelphia and the British stronghold in New York. The mantra of George Washington slept here does not have greater dominance in any other state. General George Washington and the Continental Army spent more days in New Jersey than any other state. By the time victory was won, the fight for American independence touched every community in New Jersey. More than just a crossroads on the map, New Jersey became a crossroads in the birth of a nation. The turning point of the American Revolution also happened right here in Trenton. The Trenton Battle Monument, which is one of NJDEP's state historic sites, commemorates the American victory at the First Battle of Trenton, which occurred on December 26, 1776. The significance of the Patriots' victory at Trenton was not forgotten in the ensuing years. Three years after the battle, then Colonial Secretary of State for King George III, Lord Germain, told Parliament, all our hopes were blasted by that unhappy affair at Trenton. Trenton is considered the turning point of the American Revolution, where the war began to progress in America's favor. Olivia, you shared with us some of the important battles that took place here in New Jersey, and I think anyone who has gone to school here in New Jersey probably had a field trip to Marstown to the Ford Mansion or to Jockey Hollow or down to Washington Crossing to see where that pivotal action of the revolution, as you mentioned, took place. But one of the things I think that most New Jerseyans may not be aware of is the important role that African Americans played in our fight for independence, not just here in New Jersey, obviously throughout the entire uh, United States, but a pretty big role here in New Jersey. Was that the genesis of O Freedom? Yes. O Freedom, when you take a look at it, the very name in itself, O Freedom, is because African Americans were seeking their personal freedom while Americans were fighting for their political freedom from British tyranny. And the O 
in particular is a cry. It's a yearning for something greater. So the desperation that African Americans had to be freed from slavery. So during the dawn of the American... That's, a, that's an important point because, you know, here in the 21st century, we might tend to read it, oh, freedom. But no, this was, oh, freedom. This is an opportunity, isn't it? Yes, yeah. absolutely. There's actually, um, it's called a Negro spiritual. It's a genre of music. And there is one entitled, Oh, Freedom, that just conveys that level of passion. And yearning. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So at, enslaved African Americans saw the revolution really on both sides as an opportunity to gain their freedom, which otherwise they would not have had that opportunity. Absolutely. And the way that things progressed at that point in time is that the British offered an opportunity for freedom first. So when you look at numbers of African Americans who enrolled, you see twice as many that signed up with the British. So you had 10,000 who signed up in support of the British and 5,000 that joined the American rebel side. Is that right? Twice as many with the British yes. as with the colonials? Yes. Or after July 4th, 1776, the Americans. Yes. <laughs> the Continental Army. Yes. Indeed. What's in the O Freedom exhibit? The O Freedom exhibit captures black service on the battlefront, behind the lines, and in the aftermath of the Revolutionary War. It starts off showcasing a list of names of African Americans who fought on both sides. And what you will find is that there was African American service in every American rebel regiment, as well as in the militia. And on the British side, you will find that there were blacks who served in the battlefront, in arms, as well as behind the scenes as cooks, spies, wagoneers, and many more positions. The next two panels focus on black service on the battlefront. One panel is dedicated to black service on the American rebel side, the other panel to black service on the loyalist side. The last two panels focus on blacks in the aftermath of the war. One panel focuses on the American rebel side, the other panel focuses on the loyalist side. So stories like those of Sam Sutphin and Boston King and many others are shared as examples. So you'll see women, men, and children who all participated in the cause in different ways. So the armies on both sides were not segregated, were they? The blacks and the whites served together. It's very dynamic. And I think that if you come see the exhibit, you'll learn some about how those intricacies changed over time. What you will find is that the British were looking to get African Americans involved to get slaves off the plantation to hopefully keep the American colonists from wanting to engage in the war because that would hurt them economically. Mm -hmm. So it was an effort to be a distraction. But African Americans left because the British promised freedom in exchange for service. On the American side, what you found is that there were blacks who joined early on. Like if you see the exhibit, there's the painting that depicts the Boston Massacre where Crispus Attucks was slain in 1770. And so what you'll see is that blacks were present in some of those early skirmishes even before General George Washington was enlisted. But once General Washington was enlisted, his general orders are also included in the exhibit. He said he only wanted free blacks to serve. So free blacks joined the American side. As the war progressed and they needed more troops to enlist, General Washington then said, I will take regiments of African-American troops who can serve in exchange for their freedom. 
So one of those regiments is called the 1st Rhode Island Regiment that was a regiment comprised of slaves who served in exchange for their freedom. And was that a segregated uh, regiment or led by white officers? Yes, it was. It was, okay. Yes. So well, they served together on the battlefield, not necessarily in the same unit. Yes, exactly. Okay. And Washington, of course, being a Virginian and a slaveholder himself, yes. it kind of makes sense in that world, if you yes. will, but we put ourselves back to 18th century Virginia that he would initially only want free blacks to serve. Yes. But then, of course, as things got more serious and the, and the Continental Army needed more help <laughs> on the battlefield, <laughs> he extended it to uh, enslaved blacks as well. Yes. Were the promises made by the British and the uh, Continental Army to the blacks who enlisted and served in the revolution on both sides, were those promises kept after the war was over? Those promises weren't kept for everybody. On the British side, they made the promise to give the freedom in exchange for service pretty much early on. For blacks who were from New Jersey who supported the Loyalist side, many of them saw that promise fulfilled. So there was a port of exit in New York where black people who were from New Jersey who served went up to that port to leave with the British so that their promise of freedom could be fulfilled. And did they go back to England or, or did they go elsewhere, up to Canada or somewhere else? They went to both places. Mm. And that's a really great point because a part of the research that I did for the exhibit included research in three countries. So that included here in the U.S., Nova Scotia, as well as the United Kingdom because of that out-migration of African Americans to then Nova Scotia. There wasn't Canada yet. It was just Nova Scotia, the province, mm -hmm. and over to England. What about the black soldiers who served in the Continental Army? In the Continental Army and the militia, it really depended. Promises weren't kept so much, not as consistently. So you had some blacks in the militia, Sam Sutphin, for example, from Somerset County. He served in the militia on behalf of his master, and he was promised freedom in exchange for his service. He served for six years and got injured in the war. But when he came back after the war, he returned to slavery and had to work another 20 years in order to purchase his freedom. And after the end of the 20 years where he purchased his freedom, he did live as a free man. When he was older, he tried to get a pension from the federal government, made five unsuccessful attempts. But then in his old age, at 89 years old, the state of New Jersey came together and gave him a pension from 89 years old until he died at the age of 94. So for five years, he received a pension from the state of New Jersey for his service. So he kind of got foxed them there at the end by living longer than they probably thought he would, because hardly anybody lived to be 89, let alone 94 back in those days. Absolutely. Yeah, well, good for him. Yes. Although he certainly deserved it for many decades before that. Yes. Olivia, what inspired you to create this exhibit back in 2008? I got the idea to begin the traveling exhibit when a former commissioner established a Parks for the 21st Century Task Force. One of his goals for that task force was to find more ways to engage park visitors. So with that, as we talked about park visitation on the task force, I was thinking about ways to engage our increasingly diverse state park patronage. So since there are so many historic sites in New Jersey that are connected to the Revolutionary War, I thought why not find a story to tell about African Americans and their contributions to the Revolutionary War. So where did it start? It all began with a Google search. So I just Googled 
African Americans Revolutionary War New Jersey and I got some hits mm. so I began reading I began talking to historians to the wonderful interpretive specialists that are in the State Park Service at the State Historic Sites and to some colleagues at the Department of State and otherwise some reenactors in the larger history community and they all had stories they all had pieces but there was no singular place where all the story was curated and told in a consistent robust way mm. so that became my effort and since I couldn't find that solid piece of information in a curated fashion I began to do primary source research and that took four years wow. so I spent time four years in three countries yes four <laughs> years in three countries yes it was a labor of love yes yes so I spent a great deal of time down at the New Jersey State Archives the New Jersey State Library, sitting down with our historians here in the State Park Service at Monmouth Battlefield State Park, as well as Princeton Battlefield State Park, Rockingham, mm -hmm. and many of the other Revolutionary War historic sites. In addition, I also reached out to some colleagues at the National Park Service at Independence National Historical Park, and the U.S. National Archives in Philadelphia, the Nova Scotia Museum and Archives, and the National Archives of the United Kingdom. Wow. So I visited all the places here right. in person, right. but in terms of reaching out to Nova Scotia and to the National Archives of the United Kingdom, I spent a lot of time on the phone and emailing people. So, In all the research you did, what was the most surprising thing you found? Just one? Yeah. <laughs> your top two. Oh, many surprising <laughs> things. I think it was really affirmation in a lot of ways you know it gave me a renewed sense of pride in being an african-american it gave me a renewed sense of pride in resilience in being committed to something to to having a dream for something that you may not realize yourself but you lay the groundwork for a future generation mm -hmm. because there were many who served many who fought who believed in the cause of freedom they didn't realize that freedom themselves, but they laid pivotal groundwork for it to come in the next century. And we know so much about African-American history during the 19th century, during the Civil War. We really have a gap between 1619 mm. and 1861. And what happened in that 18th century really laid the groundwork for the Civil War. The Civil War and the abolition of slavery did not happen in a vacuum. It had been talked about for decades, and so this kind of laid the groundwork. So that was certainly a surprise in itself, but I think a lot of it was really just affirmation. Yeah. So there are historians who say that the seeds of the Civil War were really sown at the Constitutional Convention. Yes. And uh, it took 75 years for that to take root, but uh, yes. because they were trying to form a government, having to make compromises that we would not make today mm -hmm. to bring the federal government as we know it today into being. But really it was a, it was a bargain that you know, I think they saw as pragmatic uh, and many of them probably knew in their heart mm -hmm. that what was to come was going to come, if not in their lifetime, in the lifetime of their children and grandchildren. Absolutely. Which brings me to the point that, uh, that when I always think about and have the opportunity to learn more about African-American history, I think it's important that we all kind of look at it as African-American history is American history. You don't Absolutely. have the history of America without the role that African-Americans 
have played in the history of this country. Absolutely. So while it's important that we learn about African-American history because it had been neglected for so long, I think it's also important that we remember African-American history is American history. Yes, it is. Yeah. Now, I understand O Freedom is coming back to DEP yes. later this month. When will it arrive? It will arrive the day after MLK Day and be here through the end of the month. That's great. Yes. Well, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the exhibit, having read about it, and particularly having had the opportunity to talk with you, Olivia, to hear more about this exciting exhibit and Thank all you. that it has to teach us about uh, African-American history and American history. Yes. Uh, I can't wait for it to arrive. I think we'll, I'll be down there looking at it uh, probably before they're done unpacking it. Wonderful. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm sure uh, many of our colleagues uh, here at DEP, as well as the public, will have an opportunity to see it here. It's an important exhibit. It has obviously stood the test of time, launched in 2008, still going strong, which is a testament to the work that you did Thank and you. Uh, the scholarship of the work you did. I read that you are, don't consider yourselves an academic historian, but you do consider yourself a scholar. And yes. certainly, with all of the research you did, and the exhibit you pulled together, I think uh, a scholar is, is probably among the least of the accolades that we could give to you for pulling this exhibit together. Thank you so much. So I appreciate your joining us today to tell us about O Freedom, Blacks on the Battlefront and in the Aftermath of the American Revolutionary War in New Jersey, a part of our history here as a state and of our country that I'm sure everyone will be interested in learning more about. So thanks so much for joining us today, Olivia. Thank you for having me, Bob. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.